the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Interesting times, I would say. Um, I still track the news, even though it depresses me to no end. Um, This weekend was another example of that. Dr. Deborah Bricks, or Burks. I like Bricks better. Bricks is more masculine name. It's a hard-sounding how many kids will name their kid Rock because of the Rock, right? Dr. Deborah Burks warned that escalating coronavirus cases will be the worst event that this country will face, not just from a public health side. On Thursday, we had 2,800 U.S. deaths from the disease, a new high. And she's saying it's going to get worse. Now, I put a lot of value in the the, the letters DR. Within reason, I get that there's wackadoodle doctors out there. I'm not a big fan of chiropractors. If it works for you, great. To me, it seems like maybe you should stretch and build muscles properly. I don't know. But I call them Dr. Cracky Backies. And I don't like that sound when they crack your back. It just sounds bad. But that's the kind of doctor I... I'll even believe in a doctor of chiropractor, although on the East Coast, they say it's a highway degree. Like you can go get that at it's not no school's going to make you a doctor of a chiropractor, but there's going to be institutes on the, the freeway at I'll stop. I'm picking on chiropractors. I shouldn't. There's some wackadoodles doctors out there like, oh, you should take a I got a, a, a sunshine lamp that cures cancer. And you're like, how much is it going to cost? And you're like, you're a wackadoodle, right? Um, what's the point of this? Dr. Deborah Burks warned that it's going to be the worst event that our country will face. And I instantly went to my, my crazy file and I went, do you think she was, means crazier than like World War One, World War II? Well, more people have already died than in World War One in the United States from COVID. And you're like, ooh, World War II? No, we're not there yet. But we're at 280,000? That's a big number. And I know, yes, it's a lot of the elderly. Um, and here's like here's how sick my mind is. It's pretty sick. I'm like, I wonder if that's going to help our Social Security problem in the United States because people are dying earlier. Therefore, we don't have to pay them to linger and live an extra 10 years like my mom. My mom is going to have a premature death due to COVID. She could have lived another 10 years like her mother did in poor health, receiving a social security check. Uh, I won't go there. Friday, we had disappointing jobs data. 
this market is looking at Congress and saying, get it done. Some people in Congress are saying, we got something pretty close. We think we could pull this one off. That's good because there's a lot of companies counting on it. Disney stock hit an all-time high, not because of the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda or Baby Grogu. Uh-oh, spoiler alert. Who's Grogu? Got to watch the show. <coughs> Excuse me. I got the black lung pop. I think I got the black lung. So BlackRock is saying 2021 overweight stocks. Disney is hitting an all-time high based on the idea that this COVID vaccine is going to get approved on Thursday in the United States, and we're going to start taking shots on Friday. I don't plan on taking a shot till it looks like May. According to the people with the PhDs, the doctors are telling me, eh, you're not going to get one until everyone else gets one. Okay, but I will get one. I love that Obama and George Bush and Bill Clinton have all said, we'll go on TV and get it. That's a primetime TV special. We're going to roll up the sleeves of George Bush Jr. And the doctor's preparing the needle. Okay, that's not a really good TV special. But we're kind of starving for content right now, aren't we? Trump has talked about he's going to take Air Force One on the day of the inauguration. He's going to do a TV special. <laughs> and I'm just like, when, when did America sell out everything we believed in? We can make a TV special out of people getting shots. We can make a TV special out of someone flying to Florida for the last time on Air Force One. Wow. So what I'm trying to get at is the market is really anticipating this vaccine. Whether it be Disney or BlackRock saying the whole entire stock market will rally in 2021 because we're going to start reopening and GDP is going to start going back to where we want it to be. This time next year, we probably won't be talking about stimulus checks of $1,200. We'll probably be talking about, well, in the second year of Biden, maybe he'll raise taxes. And Wall Street won't be as happy with that as they are about a vaccine coming on Thursday. So that's where we're going. Sometime in the next six months, you need to start thinking, okay, Biden's going to start talking about raising taxes and probably not stimulus. Wall Street loves stimulus talks. Wall Street hates tax talk. Probably we all do, right? Uh, a good friend of mine is leaving California. I've known him for 20 years. He's been on the blue-collar side, never working for a big tech company. He finally got pissed off when he had to renew his, his re-register his cars. He's like, $450 to register a car in California? And he posted on Facebook, and some of his friends registered in Texas for like 15 cents. He's like, I got a plan to leave the state because of taxes, because of high costs. Wall Street does not like high costs. I saw that over 80,000 households have left the city of San Francisco since the pandemic started. That's a little bit of a shocker. Senators are behind the bipartisan $908 billion COVID stimulus plan. So a lot is riding on that, in my opinion, because that's the next leg up for the market. And then the market's going to shift into GDP and earnings are going to be okay. And then the market's going to shift on probably tax into taxes. I, I could be wrong. There could be some another event that comes along. Maybe it'll be a trade deal with China where we decide, hey, China, you want North Dakota? We'll give you North Dakota if you give us Taiwan. We don't know what's going to happen, and that would be a shocker. 
but the immediate is pretty obvious. Job market's tepid. We need to reshape education in the United States. We need stimulus. There's a lot of work to do. Mortgage rates hit an all-time low last week, again. And yet the 10-year treasury is playing with 1%. It's the 94 basis points, so it's about six basis points away. A lot going on. Moderna has ambitions of pumping out up to 1 billion doses of its coronavirus vaccine. And they've got a factory with Polaroid that's never produced a drug. I feel like some of our hopes are resting on best-case scenarios. I'm not spooked. I'm just talking out loud. Sometimes I'm not lovey-dovey. Sometimes I'm a little bit more spooked. Dr. Bricks, Dr. Burks, kind of spooked me this weekend. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Bill Gates used to memorize license plates of Microsoft employees to keep tabs on them. He was fanatical about work. He worked weekends. He didn't really believe in vacations. He expected his work ethic to transfer to his employees. He had to be careful not to apply his standards to them. My big fear in life or my big push is to get to retirement. I hope you kind of share that if you're listening to this show. But I get that you're going to have other priorities in your life that come along. And wisely so. I'm not your Buddha or your guru. Let's talk a little bit about some of the big stories out there this week. There's going to be a big, 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 big. It's going to be a big week of IPOs. And I want to talk a little bit about it. DoorDash is going to set the tone with a Wednesday IPO. And then Thursday or Friday, we're going to get Airbnb. It depends on when it prices and when it launches. DoorDash's IPO price is looking at $90 on a debut. I would expect it to open at $115 because there will be demand for it. Last week, they were saying it's probably going to be around $75, $85. This week, it's $90 to $95. So they're upping the range. They're selling 33 million shares. and They want to pull in about $3 billion plus in cash money to sell a small percentage of the company to you, the public. That's what an initial public offering. It's been right now a private company. Airbnb, which has been rumored to go public for years, comes public in the year of the pandemic. Huh. At the start of the year, I would have thought they would have pushed that off to 2021. I was wrong. The pandemic has bruised Airbnb's business. But it's hit harder Marriott, Hilton, and Hyatt. Many people are still interested in traveling and taking vacations, especially as social distancing measures have limited get-togethers and entertainment options in our life. Visiting a crowded hotel lobby in a room that was turned over from the night before with a couple that you don't even want to know what's on the sheets, let alone how many COVID germs are like laying around the room. 
I'm, I'm talking for America right now. I'm not talking for me. The scenario of we don't want crowded hotel lobbies has pushed people to Airbnb, helping to mitigate negative impacts of the COVID-19 on the company. Airbnb's revenue for the last nine months fell by 32%. Hilton's fell by 52%. Airbnb's relatively stronger position during the health crisis expect to translate nicely into healthy growth and share gains against Hilton, Hyatt, and Marriott. The biggest enemy of Airbnb is not Hilton, Hyatt, or Marriott, but it's your local government or your state government who says, the hotel's paid for our re-election. We need to protect the hotels. We need to charge a hotel tax on top of Airbnb taxes, on top of guest tax. Like they, They're trying to figure out how to tax you into thinking Hilton, Hyatt, or Marriott. I'm not saying all governments are doing this, and I, I, certainly there should be some regulations on Airbnbs, whether it be the cleanliness factor or, you know, if you're renting from a, a serial killer, we should know about it before you go, I'll stay at his place for the weekend. It could be a pedophile. It could be a lot of things that we want to know the relationship on, right? So there, there is room for government regulation. I told you a good friend of mine, his daughter went to a, a luxury Airbnb and sat in the hot tub and put her little tukush on top of a, a vent. And sure enough, that hot tub sucked her intestines out of her body and she had to be airlifted to an emergency room that she could have died in. Airbnb needs some regulations. Uh, is the house up to code? Is the hot tub up to code? If you're saying it has a hot tub and you're letting people in your hot tub and you're charging them for the right to do it, should the hot tub be clean of disease and, you know, Intestine-sucking vacuums, probably. Gross booking value is a key metric for Airbnb. In September, the gross booking value declined by 17% year over year, $2.5 billion. That's roughly in line with the August dip of about 14%. The silver lining is that it's a huge improvement from where it was in April. With new virus cases surging around the world, the most modest decrease in gross booking values speaks to the resiliency of their business. It looks like it's going to IPO nicely. It looks like their financials are lining up intelligently. But the company did report an operating loss of $490 million in the last nine months. They reined in spending. They cut 54% in sales and marketing expenses. But that still didn't hurt the pressure from the top-line revenue and the bottom-line earnings. They lost a lot of money. Last year at this time, in that same nine-year period, nine-month period, they lost $173 million. So nobody's going to claim that they're cheap. No one. Their investment bankers, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, are trying to be very conservative with it. But again, they're not pricing it terribly conservatively because they're upping the, the how much is going to be thrown out there. So DoorDash is coming public at $90, $95. And Airbnb is coming public probably around $60. I think the first trade on both of them will be a good 15 to 20% higher as people get excited. They'll be very expensive, but will they grow into those valuations? They could. They very well could. 
you should get a copy of the Red Herring or the Prospectus of the company to read more about it in your own words, in your own terms, and decide who is the competition. Is it state governments or is it Marriott, Hilton, and Hyatt? Or is it a COVID vaccine that's going to help them? Or is it a COVID spike that's going to hurt them? Can't step on Hammer. Hammer takes us to break. I'll shut up. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I was watching a little bit of the Raiders game yesterday. I grew up overseas, so I don't really get America's obsession with football. I grew up a Green Bay Packer fan and a New York Yankee fan. Like I learned how to read from reading newspapers about sports teams in America. And my brother David, who was eight years older than me, or six years older than me, maybe, um, really instilled in me, learn to read and follow a team. And that's the best way you'll get, you'll recognize Mickey Rivers and Greg Nettles. And you'll, re- you'll remember names and formations and things like that, right? So I was watching a little football yesterday and the Oakland Raiders. I was waiting for the Green Bay Packers to come. What a show that was. They got a quarterback car. He's pretty good. He's not great. He's no Aaron Rodgers, but he's pretty good. And by all means, they're marching down the field. They got to get a touchdown to win. Third down, they're on the goal line. They don't get in. Fourth down on the goal line. They don't get in. What? The other team gets the ball back. The defense holds. They punt. They get the ball in 50-yard line. And somehow, with like six seconds left, they score a touchdown to win. Oh, no, no, no. The guy dropped the ball, but he was wide open. Oh, there's three seconds left. They get one more shot, and they somehow do it the second time, right? Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The coach of the New York Jets, the defensive coordinator, was fired this morning. It was legendary awful. It was epically bad, the loss. Why do I bring that up? Instant gratification of real time, right? When I saw that, I was like, someone's going to have to get fired over this. The Raiders had no right to win. They had no right to win. It wasn't a good win. It was a, a horrible loss, which reminds me there's a business lesson here. In all professional sports, I believe games are lost and not won. I'll let you think about that for a couple minutes, a year, five years, whatever. I think games are lost and not won. I think there's typically turnovers, fumbles, something, a decision you made turned up the ball. In hockey, it's it's your defenseman not getting back. Maybe he cheated, got too much in the offensive zone trying to win the game. He loses the game. I think games are lost, not won. And I think that same thing could be said about Wall Street. You almost have to try not to be at an all-time high right now. And I've seen it. I'll get an email later today from someone saying, hey, take a look at my portfolio. I own 25 stocks. And some of these are are dogs to fleas. Some of these are dogs that should go outside and be shot. I never advocate for killing a dog or shooting a dog. But you get the kind of the legend of this has happened in America. Well, that dog bit a boy and now we got to go shoot the dog. Some stocks need to be shot. Some people have them in their portfolio and they're not at all-time highs. They almost, you almost have to try to buy, buy crap stocks. 
and that's that's my word of my my warning to you is don't make it more tough than you have to your 401k holds all the secrets to your wealth index funds you can create you can create wealth by buying indexes now yeah there's some years where you can go I want to own some Pfizer because they're going to save the world from COVID. And you can buy an individual stock, but I advocate for you. The person who's just starting not to try to be a stock picker, but be an ETF investor. Play the game to win. The long racehorse is on the S&P 500. Mixed in with a little mid cap, mixed in with a little small cap, mixed in with a little international and a little bit of income. You can find all five of those in your 401k. But sometimes we want to bet on the gray horse. I've got a family member that likes gray horses. So anytime there's a horse race, he's like, bet on the gray horse. I'm like, it's missing a leg. Bet on the gray horse. It's dilapidated. Bet on the gray horse. Same thing on Wall Street. We sometimes make it too difficult for ourselves. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said they're going to close indoor dining if hospitalizations do not stabilize over the next five days. And America gets upset and America gets protective. And depending on whatever reason, whatever state or political foundation you have, you may say good news or bad news. I don't like what's happening to restaurants. I saw a tweet from... uh, an actor this weekend in LA saying, what's up with California's governor Newsom shutting down restaurants, but flea markets are open. There's a lot of truth to that statement. We seem very inconsistent on how we're approaching this. Dr. Burks said over the weekend that the United States is going to face something worse than we've ever faced before. Deborah Burks warned the escalating coronavirus cases will be the worst event the country will face ever. Wow. That's humbling. 2,800 deaths were recorded on Thursday last week. And she says it's going to get worse. Cuomo is trying to do what he can do to mitigate that, but are we, aren't we past the point of mitigation when we have a divided civil war country going on right now with masks versus no masks, with Biden versus Trump? I don't see, I see a lot of the discourses being split and not building a consensus. Disney's having a record-breaking rally into 2021. Stock is blowing up big. And yet this is a year where their revenue at parks are down 62%. Their revenue on movies are down 51%. It doesn't make sense. But that's why it does make sense, because it's all about next year. Wall Street's a discounting mechanism. It looks like Pfizer is going to meet with the FDA on Thursday, and it looks by Thursday at 5 p.m. East Coast time, we're going to start vaccinating people in the United States. FedEx has been shipping the vaccine around and around and around the country. So we'll see. Fingers crossed that no major side effects develop in anyone. 
I bring that up because there was a case that really taught me a lot about FDA approval. It was thalidomide, which was meant to give women easier births, less contraction pain, I guess, is the angle. But ironically, they didn't test it on pregnant women. They tested it on rabbits. And for some reason, rabbits weren't, they didn't have the side effects that women did. <laughs> so in the 70s, we gave birth to a lot of, um, I, w I guess you would say, damaged fetuses. Because they were taking the drug that was supposed to help them that was hurting and causing birth defects. So we're hoping nothing like that crops up with the COVID vaccine. And I would say we're probably in a better position than we were in the 70s to analyze data. But I got to throw it out there. So Disney is basically writing a comeback story on our parks will probably be open in June and July. And you're going to see a lot of commercial for Disney cruises, a lot of commercials for Disney parks. And that'll be a lot of travel. And that should help hotels and Airbnb and other people, right? I'm watching Disney pretty carefully. They have an investor day coming up on Thursday. I will be part of that call. And they're going to tell us, I want to hear what they have to say about Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers on Friday, and I saw this story hit, and I'm like, dang it, I'm doing a best of. And this is a good story. Warner Brothers is going to be releasing movies in the movie theater in 2021. But they're also going to be releasing on the same day on HBO Max. Currently, they're saying it's only a one-year plan. But that's fascinating to me. I don't really like movie theaters, but I, I miss them. It's kind of a weird dilemma that I have, right? I enjoy sitting next to my child or my children. My children, my children. And watching them watch movies because it's magical. Having them get popcorn and like one piece after another, after another, after another, after another goes in their mouth. I love that. So the movie theater experience could go extinct. Disney has to respond to AT&T's announcement that HBO Max is going to be getting movies at the same time that theaters do. I want to hear what Disney says. Are they going to do the same exact thing? Because if you look at it, there's not that many companies making movies. Sony, Time Warner, Warner Brothers, and Disney are, are the big ones that come to mind. They own most of the studios. They own most of the movies that we watch. Back in 2018, I believe, or 2019, whenever the Avengers movie came out, probably 2019, something like 16 out of the top 20 movies were Disney products. There's a Star Wars mixed in there. There's a couple live Cinderella's and things like that. Pixar films. But Disney, ha they're on tap, and we want to know what they're going to say on Thursday. No one wants films back on the big screen more than most of us. There is something to be said about that big screen experience. But Time Warner basically just poo-pooed AMC in my mind. Do I want to own AMC? No. Did I want to before this? I see it as an interesting speculation, but I don't really like speculation. But I see it as an interesting speculation that we're eventually going to go back to movie theaters. And then AT&T drops the bomb. The Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. Germans. Matrix 4, the Suicide Squad going straight to HBO Max. Hmm. Disney toyed with that with Mulan. 
the movie theater experience is dying. And I don't know if there's a reverse on it now that Time Warner has done this. And if Disney does it, oh, boy, those guys are in bad shape. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I can't get away from this election story, and I'm trying. I, I did a good job talking about WWE for a minute or two, but gold is going to be something we watch on Tuesday. Typically when there's increased volatility, and I don't know if I'm doing it a justice or injustice when I say this out loud, a lot of people fear that Trump said something over the weekend that any swing state that he loses, he's sending the lawyers into. And I don't know if I'm going conspiracy theory here, but a lot of people think that there will be riots in the street, that Trump will encourage the states that are in disarray to become even more in disarray, therefore creating a situation where maybe the eye is not on the ball and the courts can somehow finagle a win. A lot of people are thinking that. And if that's the case, gold is going to be a dynamic player. There's no doubt volatility and gold go hand in hand. I like the new daylight savings time just for the record. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's our first. That's gold cherry drop. Gold has explosive upside during periods of volatility. Um, if I were to do it instead of going to your local neighborhood gold dealer, which there typically aren't many, I would buy the ETF called GLD. And I, I think it's okay if you're fearful and if it fits into your investment plan and if you've consulted a broker advisor who knows you and your personal situations, if you want it to head into owning gold into an election, I don't think that's a horrible idea. If the election's contestant, the outcome may not be certain and the legitimacy will no doubt be challenged in some circles, uh, no matter you know what side wins, and it'll be vicious. Gold has explosive upside in the coming months, um, depending on A, the election volatility, and B, in my opinion, the size of the stimulus. If we go with a two, three, four trillion dollar stimulus, there will be people on CNBC who goes, that's ludicrous. You can't just open up the, the federal mint and, and print that many dollars. You can't do it. It's irresponsible. It's dilutive. It makes us look like we can't solve our own problems. We just turn on the printing process. Printing presses. Printing process works, but printing presses is what I meant to say. So in the case of print money, print money, print money, print money, you get into a situation where like, but, but. I loaned you a dollar and now you're saying it's only worth 98 cents or 96 cents or 94 cents. I gave you a real dollar a couple of years ago. Now you're diluting it by printing more of them. It creates a problem. Gold, for better or for worse, is gold. It's a pretty rock. You can make jewelry out of it. It has a little bit of industrial use, not much. Copper is much more of an industrial metal where... If we do get $4 trillion stimulus, gold may go higher based on the dilutive effect of the dollar. Or 
if we get a $4 trillion stimulus package tied towards infrastructure, copper may go higher tied towards if you're going to be building roads, building buildings, building airports, fixing bridges, it's going to take a lot of copper. That's all I got out there for you. Semiconductor deals are the second biggest story maybe of the year or third. Let's see. COVID, economic shutdown, one. I'd say social media getting grilled in front of Congress a couple times this year, maybe two. Weak oil, three for sure. And then you get semiconductor deals that are happening at an alarming pace. The buy-in frenzy has as much to do with physics as balance sheets. As billions of transistors that power today's chips grow closer to a single atom in size, the research and development costs have mounted. So size matters. Companies are buying each other to get access to each other's R&D budget and technologies. AMD last week reached a deal to buy Xilinx for $35 billion, a 25% premium. Semiconductor is in a high-stakes poker game right now. The more scale you have, the broader the solutions you can put together, the more you can do for your customers. Remember how earlier in the show I told you a big mutual fund sold off Apple to buy Neo, which is an electric vehicle car out of China and Zoom? And I said, that kind of makes sense to me, a $2 trillion company versus companies that are hundreds of billions that have upside, especially if they continue to be implemented as they have been implemented in the last year, two years. So Xilinx has long been known for its expertise in so-called field programmable gate arrays. AMD's chief rival, Intel, oh, wait, wait, what I was going to tell you is, remember I told you Apple got sold off in that fund? Intel got sold off too. So Intel seems to be a little bit of, I, I hate to say this, but the biggest loser in semiconductors right now. NVIDIA is going after ARM Holdings. AMD is going after Xilinx. Intel's struggling to uh, maintain its dominance that they once had. They acquired Altera for $16.7 billion in 2015, which gave them that field programmable gate race. Um, but the chip giant's up just 48% in the past five years, badly underperforming the S&P 500. So there's a high-stakes game going on with AMD Xilinx right now. Um, AMD stock is up 2,200% since 2014. 2,200%. They're doing something right. NVIDIA is doing something right. Intel is doing something like taking their eye off the ball. Marvel Technology Group is buying a data center chip maker, Infi, for $10 billion. Smaller deal, but still a big deal. To the, I mean, they're a smaller company, too. Um, a lot of the companies like AMD and NVIDIA right now, they're not looking for new markets. They're looking to double down in current markets like data center, fiber optic components. Um, I don't know. I think that's one of the big financial stories of this year. Call me cray cray. Hey, everyone, it's cray cray black and your money. <laughs> What's left of it? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.